Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I, I honestly, there aren't many athletes where I'm like, I honestly don't think this guy cares about what people think about him. Tuka Rask is genuinely somebody I if I don't cared. think he knows that there's a faction online that's like this guy. Dude is like super mentally tough. He's not getting it from Twitter because he's not on Twitter. Like I don't even know if he has any social media, but he definitely gets it from the Bruins media. Like they're all asking, uh, they're all mouthpieces for what's going on 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 Bruins Twitter, and some of them for different parts of Bruins Twitter and. He has to answer those questions and uh, I've never gotten the sense that he gives a shit at all. Hey, hey fucking spin it up, baby. It's going to be a weird energy for me tonight. Welcome to the Brews and Brews podcast, <laughs> episode 47. The to- It's an episode. Uh, I was going to say Tori Krug. Uh, Bruins have just won game two of their playoff series against the Washington Capitals in overtime. The uh, nice little beer crack salute from Cam there. I'm Drew Johnson. I'm here with Chris Gear oh, and fuck. Cam Hasbrook. <laughs> There's the cold open. Hold on, let me wipe off my computer. <laughs> um, since uh, Chris is tied up, Cam, why don't you introduce what you're drinking? Uh, oh, wait, wait. <coughs> Advertising. Bruce and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotion. Uh, sweat. Oh. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 until the prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests. Uh, you just have to answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Yeah, there's plenty of hockey on DraftKings. Like, just if you're a hockey fan and don't want to be betting on all these deals, just sign up for DraftKings with the promo code THPN. And then go enter some hockey. It's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. I believe one of you has the uh, the other. Hey, I got it. Hey, are, are oh. you a diehard Boston sports fan? Oh, diehard oh. kid. Yeah. Hey, you, you diehard kid. Uh, well, Brews and Bruins, uh, fun, fun fact, sponsored by diehardbostonsportsfans.com. 
uh and they got some they got some merch uh none of us are wearing it right now because you know laundry mine's in the wash yep uh but they got this new uh black and gold till i'm dead and cold t-shirt and we we all have it um and you know you want to be just like us i think that's some flawed logic no there, no but, that wow that uh, was that's a bad ad read right there <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> we gotta we give can, the shirts we can, back we now. can swear during this ad read <laughs> but uh yeah but i mean like go get yourself one uh use the promo code bruise it's a much simpler promo code than our past promo codes uh just just throw in bruise not not b-r-u-i-s-e like bruise like b-r-e-w-s um you know like the beers um and yeah, I think that gets you like ten percent off or something like that. So do 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 that. Help help us out. Help uh, help our buddy Steve out. And uh, yeah, support local businesses. You know. Yeah, exactly. Bruins, as I had said, just won an overtime over the Caps. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. That that happened. Uh. But before we dive into that, Cam, what are you drinking this evening? Before we Tom Wilson into that, what go into it? Hi. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, dive, dive into it. Oh, uh, you know, got called for embellishment tonight. That was that was the that joke. Was, yeah, I got it. it, it was, yeah, I think it was pretty good. Why. I think it was uh, probably too high concept for. I think it, yeah, it landed. It was a little above the yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is going great. I'm drinking a uh, New Hampshire lemon blueberry pale ale. It's a seasonal from uh, Woodstock and Brewery. I was trying to find it there. Uh, malt beverage brew with spice and natural flavor. I, I love blueberry and I love lemon. Interesting in a beer, so let's give it a go here. Mm, very refreshing. Definitely a beach kind of beer. Uh, not as powerful as you'd expect. I would expect a little bit more blueberry. It's more of an aroma. Uh, so drinkability, going to be high. You can definitely crush a bunch of these at the beach. Give it like a solid 33. Taste though, like a Probably about eleven, I think, on the taste scale. Good beer, though. That's cool. All right, I'm I'm <laughs> double fisting. I got two beers oh. that I've had on this podcast before, and these are the two beers that got me through that game. So I wanted to represent. I got the uh, the Crowns and Hops Elevated Cipher IPA. Shouts to that brewery. It's a black owned brewery outside of LA. Um, and I got some cool merch too. They have like a they have a collab with Vans, so you can get like. A, one of these one of these shirts uh i know i know we're not doing video on this really but uh maybe soon again so you know go go back and edit up this video drew so that you can see this uh crowns and hops shirt with vans they also got a you know they got a pair of shoes that's uh pretty cool i don't have pair them, of shoes uh that's that's cool um and really was, excellent beer was that that vans like restaurant or like a small business like competition that they were doing where they were designing shoes no way because there was a uh there was a um uh there's like a dumpling house in portland that also had it and they had their own shoes and they were kind of gross actually those i was not a fan <laughs> of but i, I kind of want to go try the restaurant though that was kind of i cool. can't imagine dumpling shoes but yeah um but well, i don't think it was like yeah <laughs> was, but the, the but beer i'm gonna actually. feature on this podcast because i rated uh that beer on the last one uh i've had it on here before but it's been a while since i've rated it so lancey go back and compare um this is the uh secret spot hazy ipa from duckfoot brewing uh out here in san diego and i've just been i've been crushing on these beers in both ways that i mean that um and 
so I was originally told that this is a limited release, but also I discovered today it says spring 2018 release on it. So people must be really liking it because it's been like three years and they're just like, yeah, okay, we're going to keep making these. Or people really didn't like it and they didn't keep making them and you're drinking a three-year-old beer, but I hope the former for you. Uh, it's just incredible. It's it's just like so much flavor, like just punches you in the face with, with flavor. Um, I feel like getting shul- punched in the face. This is the yeah, beer for it, you. Sh- it shoulders you in the face like uh, Tom Wilson. Um, hey, give him some respect. He'd at least give you the elbow, elbow yeah. the forearm <laughs> shiver. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Citra and Motueka hops, um, whereas Elevated Cipher is brewed with Mosaic and Citra hops, aka, AKA the big homies. Um, and man, this this beer is uh, thirty seven out of thirty seven on the taste scale. Drinkability, it's probably somewhere in the nineteen range. I want to say nineteen. It's it's pretty drinkable for for an IPA. It's a hazy, um, seven point four percent. Don't want to be pounding these all day, but I'll drink them with my boys while I'm talking hockey. You know, hell yeah. I'm drinking some nice iced water, iced yeah, water, Drew. ice water in my uh, nice Brews and Bruins cup. It's not a cup, bottle. It's a Norris Bruins. Bruins. That would be a Boston Bruins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did Ooh. I say it was a Bruins? Yeah. Bruins? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm drinking ice water because I got my second dose today, uh, which means I no longer have to wear a condom is what I hear. Um, <laughs> that, that's have you not seen it was a TikTok that went like viral a couple weeks ago the guy uh, is at one of those drive up stations and then he asked the National Guardman that he has to wear condoms anymore oh uh, anyway that might be edited out we don't know <laughs> I'll see uh, yeah sorry I ran that off the rails but that was uh, that felt important yeah no that was important um so yeah Bruins overtime win uh I want to get some initial thoughts on the game because I mean it was great the first couple minutes were great and then the last couple minutes were great but everything in between it seemed the Bruins were fucking beat the entire time it seemed the Caps had full control uh but you know the Bruins proved if you play 10 minutes you can win a hockey game (laughs) That's not the mentality whatsoever that they need to be (laughs) working with going forward, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll start off. I mean, I think, yeah, you're looking for a a much more complete effort, I think, in game three. Um, I mean, getting the lead early was solid. Granted, it wasn't the best start, um, but they found a way to get on the board and then gave it up and then found a way to get on the board again. Um, Overall, I mean, you know, it's (laughs) – Late in that third period, you especially when you're down three to two, you're thinking like, "Oh shit, man, that overtime in game one might be a lot more important than we thought it might be." You know what I mean? Going back down to two nothing, potentially going home. At the end of the day, you score the tying goal, you end up winning it no T right off the bat, which we'll get to in a sec. But um, a rocky start, maybe. I, I think definitely you want to see a more complete effort from the Bruins, but at the same time. You did your job on the road. You won one out of two, and now you got to go home and do your job. So not the end of the world there. 
it's like the pats do your job yeah i heard i thought a spaceship was landing above you cam yeah, I, I heard like or, or like i, I heard know. some like ghosts <laughs> in the background i don't know just some weird shit going on in your house <laughs> uh chris your initial thoughts on uh how the bruins played prior to ot <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just like awful slog really tough to watch stuff i mean if we're talking game one um I do think I I liked what Billy Jaffe said before the game tonight. Sorry, my voice is just like absolutely gone. But Billy Jaffe was uh, going through some highlights with with the Nesson guys and and saying like, hey, I think we do have to give a lot of credit to, you know, what what the Caps have been doing defensively, trying to eliminate opportunities for the Bruins. And, you know, as much as it's frustrating to watch the Bruins not shoot on net with a decrepit old Craig Anderson in net. the, the caps have done a really good job of both controlling possession, it, even though the, the shot numbers look good, um, pretty even. I feel like the possession always seems more secure, at least when, when the caps have it. And maybe that's just like pessimism on my part when I'm watching these games, but um, it, it just kind of feels like the ice is tilted a little bit in their favor. Um, and then, I mean, it, the depth scoring is, has been really good for the Bruins. That's, that's something that has been important. And, uh, I mean, obviously you want your top two lines scoring and that happened tonight with, with Bergeron and Hall scoring. So overall, I think it, yeah. And, and not to mention Brad Marsh and in, in overtime, but that was kind of like a weird quick play that, uh, you know, David Krejci on the ice and, but yeah. David Krejci made a great. Yeah. David Krejci had a great keep in that just kept that play alive. Uh, yeah, awesome. just I don't I don't want to bunch that in with like uh, the top two lines scoring, even though it was like players from the top two lines on the ice. <laughs> it was it, it wasn't like a a line play. It was a it was a like off the face off kind of set play. Although that Pasternak keep setup was really leading up to the uh, that's the Bergeron goal, right? Yep. That's the Jake. Yeah. So that was a hell of a play. Um, I think, I think it was pretty clear the Caps dominated the physical side of the play. Which, when Chris and I talked to Hockey Troll on the last episode previewing the series, uh, they th- that prediction of his or that insight of his definitely rang true on how if they're struggling to get the puck in the net, they're just going to wear down the team until they can, their opposing team until they can, and they certainly did that. A lot of the time, it seemed like the Bruins are just flat out scared. Uh, they were just hearing footsteps, I think, especially on the defensive side when, you know, all Washington really had to do is dump it in deep and then get bodies on whatever defenseman, uh, Bruins defenseman picked up the puck because they, a lot of the turnovers they made were because it looked like they were hearing footsteps. They're just trying to get rid of the puck quick so that they could dodge a hit or maybe discourage a hit <laughs> that, that would become a late hit if they finished it. Um which was definitely concerning because the Bruins don't really have that size. They did respond and they did throw hits. They were physical back, but it just felt like they were getting beat up back there. And uh, that's what caused a lot of turnovers. And that's what led to Washington having a lot of the possession for most of that game. Um, But when it counted, when it counted, they, they got the job done and some stellar play by Tuka Rask uh, to keep him in that game. There was it seemed like countless number of saves uh, that he made to that you're really like how the hell did he wind up actually getting his 
body on that because look at the pads tonight. Yeah, count of how many saves he made. Well, I know <laughs> that but there were a lot where it was just complete traffic through the, in the crease. There's just chaos in the crease, and he still winds up keeping. Oh, and- and and that's a huge reason why this game was so unenjoyable to watch. It was uh, the that I, I don't know if you can quantify that level of stress. I think that's like on its own island in terms of stress and anxiety, like the the stress of a bouncing puck just like juggling around in the crease somewhere and you don't know if someone's just gonna bat it in or like you know, those random ass shots from the point that just kind of deflect off people. Defense mm-hmm. swooping in out of nowhere. And yeah, that's the and, shit. I mean, I mean, and those, those happened twi- twice tonight. I mean, and, and you can, you can say what you want about the, the one that kind of trickled in like me. Yeah. You want to could have saved that one. And maybe you want him being a little more aggressive uh, on that high slot tip, but uh, I'm also very rarely going to blame a goalie for a high slot tip that goes in in the top corner. So, you know, yeah. Andrew Raycroft uh, tweeted at one point, I think this was a couple hours. It was at eight eighteen PM. So it was like after that uh, first goal, or maybe it was the second one at that point. I don't know, but he said uh, all five at that point, all five capitals goals in the series have been deflected or tipped. Um, hashtag goalie frustration uh. <laughs> yeah and and i'm I, there there are some of those that where it's like okay the the one in overtime in game one got deflected right into tuga's chest and yeah like you you want him to make that safe but mm-hmm. also you got a game in which like 40 shots on goal uh and tuga keeps them in the game for enough time for Taylor Hall to tie up the game and force overtime. And in game one, Tukarask gave up only two goals in regulation in a game that the Capitals were absolutely dominating and gave the Bruins an opportunity to win. And I, the, neither of those two games, even if the Bruins had won game one, would have qualified as Tukarask stealing a game. But all you want at this point is giving the Bruins a chance to win and then maybe steal one later down the line. Yeah, but it, it, he doesn't steal it in the sense that he was the, the reason that they won, or the sole reason that they won, but you swap in Tristan Jari and you lost the game. So, you know, it's it's like, how do you compare? You know, not to shit. I know it's been like real hip shitting on Tristan Jari because he had a bad game, but like, you know. <laughs> that's what the kids are doing nowadays yeah. i also sent that to you guys tongue-in-cheek because i didn't i didn't see the rest of the game so i didn't even know that like he was having a shitty game but the the cal palmary goal where he like batted a puck out of the air into the like into the puck sized hole that tristan jari had left yeah <laughs> and, like barely grazed off his helmet into the goal and i was just like oh man Blew that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a great game. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love like, man, the the dumbest people in uh, in hockey always just like every time there's a goal, uh, it's oh, it's a fucking goalie's fault. And it was really gratifying to see Tukaras give up a goal that was entirely Kevin Miller's fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh Which yeah, let's let's our next segment. What the fuck yeah. is Kevin Miller doing in the ice right uh, now? I just love he, he threw a hit. He threw a big hit at the beginning of the game, and then well, he, 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 he also had a he had a really nice play uh, 
maybe like 10 minutes before the goal he gave up. I forget exactly what the play was, but I think he knocked somebody off the puck and and turned turned it around and and made a pass to one of the forwards to break out of the zone. It was something where I rec- one of the good breakouts. The Bruins yeah, I was, I was just like, I recognized that. And I was like, oh, I better like tweet this because it's one of the very few times I've seen Kevin Miller do something like meaningful on the ice. And then 10 minutes later, he literally gives up a goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's he had to trouble watch. holding the puck in the zone tonight, just fumbling at the blue line yeah, and getting um, a possession, which obviously was very hard to come by for the Bruins tonight. Sustained offensive pressure, so that's the kind of thing that can just kill momentum. I'm on the fence about Kevin Miller right now because I just, I, I, he's a much better player than Jared Tenorti, and he's a better player than Connor Clifton, and I, I hesitate a little bit because it's, it's not. It's reliable. Not He's not more day. reliable. Yeah, Clifton, Clifton right now is giving me pause as well because he, he is, you know, he hadn't played particularly well at the end of the season and was making a lot of mistakes, uh, drunk or taking penalties and, you know, turning the puck he over. He's drunk on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you said drunk too. Yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say drawing penalties, but he was not drawing <laughs> penalties. He was just taking penalties. Uh, because he was yeah. Drunk. I, <laughs> he was just, just fucking wasted on the ice out there. You can't have that when it comes to playoff time. Uh, but also, I, I like Jared Tenorti is not a better player than either Connor Clifton or Kevin Miller. But he's um, bigger. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and I don't think he does any of the things that Kevin Miller is failing at better than Kevin Miller. So I don't know if that's a a fix. I just like, don't want to see Kevin Miller on the ice anymore right now. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see reduced like ice time, but then you're, he, he barely played in the first period, which was great. Well, that was cause he was like injured or something too. I don't really know. I think, I think he was it. in their dressing room. He wasn't even on the bench. Yeah. So I think there was an injury there. The first period ice time, 41 seconds. And then them talking about how important he was with the 41 <laughs> seconds of ice time. And I was like, uh, yeah, the really, the really, the only standouts for me were Bergeron as it just not really going above and beyond, but just being Bergeron, which is like yeah, that enough to be a great player. player. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bergeron, Marchi looked great. He was physically engaged after the whistle. Extracurricular shit is always an indicator that he's emotionally invested, and when he's emotionally invested, he plays fucking great. Um, he was and, stupid though a couple times. Oh, he 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 pulled some stupid shit, but that also he means be, he's can't be, given, good. can't be giving Washington any power plays that you don't absolutely. He, he's really thing. lucky. Doing that tonight. He's really lucky that at one point the rest are just like, all right, no matter what, both players go. I don't care. And there were a couple of times where it was like, really, you're sending both off, and when the Bruins should have been the one going on the penalty kill. Um, yeah. And, I, there were there were a couple so there was the one where Garnet Hathaway uh kneeled directly on Marchand's yep. back. And, and got, someone else a, came over and was on top of him too. I got a fantastic reply uh from like some Caps fan with like six followers. Uh he was like, Well, the thing that the video obviously doesn't show is that Hathaway had his hands on the on the crossbar holding himself up and I was like yeah, obviously uh, holding himself up to keep all of his weight off Brad Martian rather than to keep himself from falling. What a what a good Samaritan that guy is. <laughs> Just yeah, I, 
dude was clearly like putting effort into (laughs) putting weight on Marshan's kidney. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want a call there. And I, and I don't think anybody other than like Marshan or like Tom Wilson gets a call uh, like for that little cross check there in the crease either. Um, And then, I think later on in the game, that was kind of the overreaction was every time there was a little thing, got to send them both. Um, I, I don't think Marshan sticking his stick in Anthony Mantha's face was a penalty. And I, I guess if you're going to call that a penalty, you have to call Anthony Mantha like throwing his head back dramatically in embellishment or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's what they called, but um, I, I didn't think the Tom Wilson dive was that bad either. No, um, it wasn't. I'm, I'm usually... I don't think it was a particularly atrocious interference, so I think that's a pretty routine play for I think it was definition... I think it was definition interference, but I think that's a play that gets let go a lot, and that's especially in a playoff game. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore against the, like, if you call the penalty, also calling the embellishment. Like, if it was a penalty, how's it yeah. embellished? No, I'm, I'm, yeah. again, I'm very I, against I, that. I, unless someone's doing the, like, full Marcus Smart, like tossing the head back and like diving all over the place, even after they get tripped or slashed or whatever. Uh, it's pretty hard to like make that judgment that they yeah, were like, then you just know there was a penalty, but you're not especially, sure you're like, especially yeah. someone who's on skates. Like I, I, I've watched the replay of the Tom Wilson thing several times because I, uh, I, I replied to a tweet that was asking Colin to send the video of that. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I watched it a couple of times and I was like, yeah, I mean like, He's on skates. He kind of like fell in a weird direction and kind of flailed because he was trying to <laughs> trying not to fall weird. Yeah, like, what are you supposed to do? Just like wrap your arms around I, your body and just fall into it? Like a, honestly, like a honestly it looked like he he was pretty close to hurting his knee because like his leg kind of bent weird. And um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna fault any player from like flailing about weirdly trying to recover from falling on skates. I'm you're just not gonna <laughs> find me on that side of the argument. If you um, see me on skates, that's all I'm doing. I'm just flailing. I have no problem yeah. sending sending both guys when it's like an obvious scrum. Like I, I think the Mike Riley one was uh, like he probably was the one who deserved to go more, but also they were both kind of fucking around. Like kind of, oh, Connor yeah. Sherry, Connor Sherry like started it, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not mad about sending them both there. But I think that was probably the only one where I'm like, yeah, they they both needed to go. Especially yeah. when both guys are way behind the play, uh, it, it, very yeah, obvious. Now, now where it's like a yeah. scrum in front of the goalie, and the official is standing over them, <laughs> the just like up. all the yeah. way back there. Yeah, you're done there. Yeah, I think. Um, the, I mean, the NBC. I watched the NBC broadcast. I don't know about you guys, but like they were making a huge deal out of the Craig Smith, and they were like, "I wouldn't be surprised if Craig, so the NHL, looks at that one later." Which I was like, "I don't know. Like, it's not a good play, but it's like a looks at what? I didn't even see anything. And like, uh, they, they looked like he was going to get a fine or something. They said, "I wouldn't." The NHL player safety looks at everything, and uh, they're going to take a look like, at that. Yeah, you guys are really trying to pump NHL players' safety tires right now. There was like, like in, in that little altercation he had there wasn't really much different between that and the riley versus whoever the fuck it was uh connor sherry connor sherry thank you um you know some random player on the cast uh, nope 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 umass legend connor sherry okay okay whatever so <laughs> Quinnipiac legend yeah. connor clifton um 
yeah. Uh, oh, I, I have been just saying my, my standout was also, I want to say McAvoy on the defensive end um, of things. I think Riley had some flashes of good puck movement and some good plays, but I think like Carlo was kind of lacking. Grizzlick seemed like one of those players who just wasn't himself moving the puck. So it's funny that you said that. I, yeah. I, I tweeted maybe like midway third period that like I never know how to judge this, uh, but it feels like Brandon Carlos having a hell of a game. No, Brandon Carlo had a couple of really good like breakups. He had some good defensive yeah. plays, but moving the puck, he wasn't great. I was more focusing on the breakouts because the breakouts were atrocious. atrocious they did have yeah. some good defensive. Mike play. Riley had some fucking great breakouts. He right? did, he did. There was, but there were also instances where, like, you shut your mouth when you're talking. It to me. over. <laughs> Mike Riley is a saint. He should retire a Bruin. Uh, I think Jake DeBrusk had a really good game. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, obviously. It's, it's one I forgot like, to mention yeah. for sure. He almost scored like two more goals. Shouts to Dr. Brusk. Yeah. Jake the Snake coming out for playoff time out of his snake hole. <laughs> I don't know how you say that. The snake hole lounge. Yeah. The snake hole lounge. That's the title of this episode of Bruce. And yep. Bruin. All right. As we slowly go off the rails, we have a uh, internal ad. The Hockey Podcast Network has something to say. Oh, shit. Is it us? Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter about hockey jerseys this hack brings you high energy they score connor mcmichael has ended the game unfiltered look herco's really gonna have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations you have a fan base that is old stubborn and very reluctant to change not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a fan base that's very, very hesitant to change. And at times, unfocused. Look, Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP Armani suits and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G R I T, and B E A R IT P1 on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Part part of that. Oh God! I, w- I wish we had been able to write an ad like that. That was incredible. <laughs> that was great. I love it. I one. I love that we have a Hershey Bears podcast. Yeah, Two. Dope. Love whoever the host. What did he say his name was Connor. Yeah, it's Connor Sherry. Yeah, Cam. Cam left. Cam's just like fuck this. I can't be here. Uh. 
I, I I tuned out for like a hot second, and then suddenly he's talking about uh, the Capitals and the Penguin. He's like a Crosby and Ovechkin. Just love it. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Yeah. Um. What next? <laughs> we lost Cam. Yeah, I, don't, I, just, I don't. I don't like Cam. Legitimately, just left. Um. I know. Uh, let's talk about going forward. Like what? I mean, uh, also stupid questions, but like, what what do we want to see from the Bruins going forward? Uh, oh, see for me, it's Jeremy Swayman. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, like if, if I'm being completely honest, um, I have this like chaotic bone in my body that's just like goalies are totally fucking random. And if you have a guy who just like can't miss every game, like the dude's only given up three goals in one game, just fucking play him like do it uh and and then the like rational bone in my body's like uh the rational brain i guess in in my uh skull uh <laughs> you know how i know you can. <laughs> <laughs> i do understand uh, is like hey yeah uh, tuka rask has this insane amount of playoff experience which uh i i don't know how much like the playoff experience from 2013 matters right now, but you know, uh, I think 2019 matters right now. That version of Tukarask was very good. And uh, I think can, I can apply now the t- 2013 Tukarask doesn't exist anymore. Um, but this version is also very good. And I, it's such a fine line when people talk about, Oh, this guy is like, emotionally soft versus just like this guy is so calm and so chill in these moments of total fucking chaos mm-hmm. that uh, causing us the most anxiety we've had all year, <laughs> you know, in a year of a pandemic. Um, and, and, and this guy's just kind of like calm in the crease. And I, I think not, not only does that, you know, give me a certain level of confidence. <laughs> Did you just like not let you in for a while? Okay. No, my mic and camera were like reading on the computer. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but uh, it's happened to me. Uh, we're talking about Tuka Rask right now. And I'm, um, I'm saying oh, he's pretty like, good at goalie. Yeah. So you missed, you missed a real hot take by me, but we're going to let you, you know, stew Swim on <laughs> Um. Oh yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. It was it was just like a no, it was that Tuka Rask can't win the big games. Is what the the chaotic bones in my body are just like yeah, fucking play Jeremy Swayman because goalie just, uh, doesn't matter. It's like you just find the hot goalie and just like play that guy. Um, but Tuka Rask, like having that lo- where I was going is just having that level of calm in your crease. Um, I imagine probably provides a level of calm in your defense which right now is not playing very well um and having that confidence having that confidence behind you like even if even if they do say that they're confident in jeremy swayman um i I feel like subconsciously knowing that tuka rask is back there the guy who brought you to game seven of the stanley cup final in 2019 uh uh, when you make a certain play, when you're making a split decision, you don't have time to think like, oh, it's uh, Tuka versus Swayman back there. Like you're you're obviously not thinking that, but, you know, just on a base level, having that level of calm versus like, oh, we have a rookie back there. What if he gives up two goals 
like back to back real quick. Like, how's he going to react to that? Not knowing how he reacts to that versus like Tuca got a lot of experience giving up back to back goals real quickly. And then he could just have a fucking shutout for the rest of the game. Cause that yeah. happens all the time. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen a player not care about giving up goals more than Tuka Rask. And like, obviously we've seen him give up a lot of shits about giving give up many shits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I honestly, there aren't many athletes where I'm like, I honestly don't think this guy cares about what people think about him. Tuka Rask is genuinely somebody. I, I don't oh, think, it, he, it, I he don't cared. think he knows that there's a fucking faction online. That's like, <laughs> fuck this guy. I w- yeah, I was gonna say if he does, if he did pay attention to that and did care, then he wouldn't be a goaltender in Boston right now. Because <laughs> I don't know, I I really don't. He might anyway. I think Chris also, was right. I, I think, think that's, that's a, a huge. Like, I think I think it's a huge bullet in the chamber against the Tuca is soft crowd too. Like, mm-hmm. dude is like super mentally tough. Just dealing with which is the irony because it's what everybody says is they're like oh he's not mentally tough he can't do in the big games he faced illnesses no that and and that's what i'm saying i'm I'm, I'm saying like it's it's a bullet in the chamber against that crowd that says he's not mentally tough because he's not getting it from twitter because he's not on twitter like i don't even know if he has any social media but he like instagram maybe um but he definitely gets it from the bruins media like the, they're all asking, uh, they're all mouthpieces for what's going on 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 Bruins Twitter, and some of them for different parts of Bruins Twitter. And for, he has to answer those questions, and uh, I've, I've never gotten the sense that he gives a shit at all. Yeah, yeah, not um, the slightest bit. Back to what like what started the Swabin, which started the Tuca, <laughs> which is uh, what do we? want to see from the Bruins uh, going ahead in the series. <laughs> Drew is like, what? so I said, what do we want to it's see weird. from the Bruins? It, it's weird when I'm sober that I can actually follow what's going on in this <laughs> podcast. Um, it would have it taken me like half an hour to get back there. Um, uh, I would, I mean, I, I want more physical play, but I really think the Bruins kind of gave what they have physically and it just isn't going to match up to what the Caps have. So what you have to do is you have to outskate them. You have to answer with speed. Um, and the Bruins have plenty of speed. Uh, I feel like they were just getting shut down so much in the neutral zone on the breakouts that they kind of had to take their time. And there's a real lockdown on the blue line on the other end uh, on the Caps' behalf. So really just got to find a way to have those breakouts with speed and skate around the D or skate through. And it, it's just... You need yeah. speed through that neutral zone to have any success the way they're playing because the Caps We're are willing at... to, to step up and throw a hit. So if you can deke a guy out like that or you got another guy streaking down the wing that you can pass it off to, then you're going to get some on-man rushes. I don't think the Bruins had like any on-man rushes. Maybe one. They had a couple. Maybe the, two. Maybe three, the, four, five. What, coil to DeBrusque. That was a... Yep. That was that was Crazy one that shot on the one. The two uh, on the one. You tried to all right, fuck me. Back. Fuck Charlie me. Charlie McAvoy <laughs> had had a real real nice uh, opportunity and then he but got the, but fucking, I, but he got a fucking deep cat, instead. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we're we're talking about. I, I mean, the Bruins have so many players who can do stuff like that. We're talking about Brad Marchand. We're talking about David Pasternak. 
uh, Taylor Hall, Craig Smith even can do that. Uh, we got Matt Grizzlick. There's, there's so many players the Bruins have that can, uh, Jake Tabreski even at, at this point can carry pucks into the zone and evade defenders. And what it takes is layers. And I don't think the layers have been there. And, and you did allude to that, Drew, like the, the neutral zone defense has been so good and layers don't matter if mm. you don't get through the neutral zone. Exactly. Um, and getting pucks in deep doesn't matter if you can't beat the caps through the neutral zone, because then they're going to beat you to the puck. And I, I mean, I don't know enough about hockey X's and O's to figure out how to do that, but I do know that the Bruins have all of these players who know how to skate the puck into the zone. And uh, yeah, Bruce Cassidy. I mean, David Krejci is is such a good player at navigating his way through heavy defenses. Like that's a guy you got to rely on. Um, even Charlie Coyle looked pretty good tonight at avoiding defenders. Um, yeah, I, I think you just got to focus on the players that can get you through that kind of defense and and get the puck to those guys. And it all comes down to Mike Riley because he can do that. He can get the puck to those guys. He can get it out of the zone. Yeah, I, well, I think the thing that Riley does so well, which a lot of I think the Bruins need to do work on to get through that Caps neutral zone press is just to kind of stretch that pass a little bit because the Caps want to play tight, grinded-out hockey because they have that physical advantage. So the way to counter that is to stretch it and – open up that opportunity or open up that space. So you have guys like Taylor Hall bursting up a wing, try to stretch that to a point where they can't just body him into a corner and, and subdue him and essentially cancel him out. Try to stretch it over to the, you know, East West a little bit and then go North South. I would think is the way they're going to try to do that. But um, credit to Washington, they forechecked smart, very smartly on both ends. They haven't given Boston any chances on, or very few chances rather on those, on those odd man rushes. And the Bruins are definitely a little too feel them out. They, they feel like they – watching them, it seems like they feel like they know they're going to give up the puck once they get to that point. And I think that's part of the reason that you didn't really see that desperate offense until they needed to score because they were just kind of sitting back and and nervous about getting caught because the Caps can transition pretty well. It seemed like they were a little nervous about getting caught back going the other direction. So um, a little more confidence there I think would go a long way as well. Yeah, I think that was a game the Caps really actually deserved to win, uh, having, I think, dominated play more than the Bruins. And I think getting better chances for the most part than the Bruins. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, as Chris loves to say, hockey's weird and you just get a couple bounces your way, such as what happened in the crease for the Taylor Hall goal, uh, where well, even the Jake DeBrus goal, that was that was a yeah. really weird bounce, too. But on the Hall goal, it was just that Anderson couldn't find a way to cover the puck, and they dug and dug and dug, and it finally went in. And yeah, the, 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 the goal took a weird bounce. Bergeron goal were just a weird bounce somewhere. You know, that's that's. How I mean, I honestly, the Bergeron goal should have been saved by Craig Anderson, which is why they should fucking put some pucks yeah, on Yeah, that's. I think should... Bergeron had the right ideas, and he was firing on that. Yeah. You both said you watched the NBC broadcast, right? Yeah. So on Nessim. Uh, Jack Edwards was filling us with fun facts, filling our brains with fun facts. Uh, right. Craig Craig Anderson and Craig Anderson was a Bruin for twelve days back wow. in two thousand six because oh. Andrew Raycroft got injured, 
and uh, Toivonen was not ready. They didn't think he was ready to be called up and take some starting. The Hanu uh, Toivonen starts. Haven't yeah yeah, the blonde beast, as I like to call him. Um, as he's known throughout <laughs> the land. <laughs> yeah, he's known throughout the land as the blonde. Yeah, now I we mean, have another we, nickname. We don't. We don't even have to mention the nickname because everybody knows. Yeah, it. for, for how often we bring up such a common <laughs> nickname that everyone um, uses. But so they claimed Craig uh, Anderson on waivers, but then they were like, hey, this Tim Thomas guy is showing some promise. Let's throw him in for a couple starts. And they went 6-2-1. and one. Uh, So they never played Craig Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a Bruin for 12 days. Wow. Uh, that is a legitimately fun fact. Uh, yeah. Wild that, you know, Craig Anderson, pretty good career. Uh, one of his uh, main biggest issue, I guess, would be he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, and I mean, even, even before like legitimate, like scary life threatening health issues, um, just, it just had some like real tough times staying healthy for full seasons. But, you know, anytime he's been regularly playing, he's been a really solid NHL goalie. And it's really cool to see him still be able to, you know, command a crease for an NHL team. Um, I would rather, like I said in our in our episode with Hockey Troll, I would rather him not have his great story against the Bruins. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, one of the most universally loved players in the NHL uh, by the players and fans. So, yeah, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, I guess one last thing, at least on my mind, was uh, that Cassidy during one of the intermissions, I, I think it was going into the third, switched up the bottom two lines he moved to coil to center uh had debrus come up on that third line uh <clears throat> that was, and that was the the starting line they had coil at center. i thought they had corrali on that line no nope. coil started at center on the third line really yeah, it was richie coil and debrusque oh jack was saying they switched it up they moved him over to center maybe he was talking about from game one or something i don't know yeah probably um, from game one no that was the uh, our good friend Connor Ryan tweeted out the the lines ah, before the game, you. and uh, one of his well, he, see he, what he you do tweet, to me, was, Jack he, Edwards. He was tweeting out the uh, the expected goals or whatever, or no, he, he just said, I think he's just said the five on five goals of that line over the course of the season. Uh, they gave up only one five on five goal during the regular season as a line, but also, uh, only scored one five on five <laughs> as a line, but also uh, scored one in the first like ten minutes as a uh, or not ten minutes on ice, but like first couple minutes on on ice one as a line. Play better lines, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, my thinking though is heading into game three, I would like to see Trent, Fred, and Eric play. Uh, I'd like to see Trent Frederick play. I think the fourth line, not that Trent Frederick's is big bruiser who's going to come out and like be super duper physical, but that fourth line did get pushed around in this series. I haven't really seen the fourth line have those shifts where they're like, you know, once Lazar joined the team where they just were really dominant in possession wise. Um, and really dictated the pace of play when they were out there. I haven't seen that, and I'd, I'd like to see a shakeup. Maybe sit Wagner and I, I don't Frederick think Wag- Wagner deserves to be out there right now. I, yeah. I don't know if 
I don't know who plays right wing in that situation because ah, Trent Frederick, he'll do it all. Trent Frederick <laughs> is a is a left winger or a center, but you know. All right. I have one more announcement. Hell um, yeah. I immediately texted great friend of the pod, Kat Silverman, that uh, <laughs> I am in the process of purchasing my first goalie setup. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Oh, shit. Ooh. You're oh, yeah. going back to going back to the leagues. Back to the, <laughs> back back to the to big the leagues. So we'll keep you updated on that because it's going to be for some good content down the road, I think. So. What are you, are you, what would you say? Your stand-up, butterfly, hybrid? What's your um, game like? I would like to be a butterfly a goaltender. I think ideally it would be. Or just a, a butterfly in general. Just. But uh, I would like to be a butterfly. I want to be a David Poster. Like, uh, I'm an He's gonna get, you're going to get a butterfly tramp stamp. A butterfly. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned. Nice. My apartment is 900 degrees. 900 degrees. Afternoon delay. We haven't sung out in a while. <laughs> That's our been sticks and stones together, making sparks ignite. And the thought of the you was getting so excited. Skyrocketing flight. Afternoon delight. I can never not think of Goodwill Hunting when I hear that song. Afternoon delight. I'm going to get a coffee. <laughs> uh, this has been the Bruce and Britons podcast. Sponsored by nobody now. Good night.